You're listening to the Sandpaper Marriage Podcast with Greg and Michelle McGahey. Real people, real marriage, real help. This episode is titled, Your Spouse Has a Wicked Heart. Yeah, and you really wanted to do this title, so should I be concerned? Well, actually, yes. Here's the thing. We all need to be concerned about that. We've mentioned before that our podcast will be based upon Scripture because as believers, we truly believe that it was written for us to guide our daily lives. As it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. You know, I remember taking a philosophy class in college, and one of the things that all the philosophers seemed to address at times was whether man was basically evil or basically good. And what they kind of meant by that was, were humans born good and then they learned to do evil, or were they born evil and kind of learned to overcome the evil with good? Well, as you and I know, the Bible kind of gives us the answer to that, doesn't it? Yeah. And one place that we can look to is in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So that just confirms what we know from the creation account where Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden in a perfect environment, but yet they still sinned. And ever since then, we have been born, every human being, with a wicked heart. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. But according to God's word, that is truth. Each and every one of us need our Savior. Each and every one of us need the gospel. And if we consider ourselves mature Christians, guess what? We need the gospel every day. And we need the gospel lived out through our marriages. Yeah, and look, friends, we're not trying to be flippant here and just saying if, if you're having problems with your spouse, it's because you have a wicked heart, and so deal with it. So don't tune us out just yet. Uh, we're going to get to some practical help here in a little bit, but we just need to establish biblically what's going on underneath, the underlying causes of all this wickedness. If you're experiencing some serious issues, then you're going to need to possibly bring in some outside help. Towards the end of the episode, we're going to transition to the part of the show that we're calling Real Help. And at that point, we'll address some of these issues. Also, Greg and I have a real heart for allowing our triune God to come into our marriages and perform the healing that only He can do. We have personal experience in God healing our marriage about 27 years ago. And to be honest, actually, we have that experience over and over and over again. Um, so we're not professional counselors, but we are lay counselors and coaches. We love Jesus and we love God's word. I feel like you had maybe one too many over and over agains in there. 
Okay, now that we've laid the foundations, let's get back to the topic at hand and find out just exactly why you wanted to talk about my wicked heart. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to point out truth. You have a wicked heart. But I also wanted to point out that so do I. There is hope. There's so much practical help and healing in God's Word. When I begin my day seeking Him through His Word, it just changes my focus. Psalm 119.11 Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Starting my day in His Word puts my focus rightly upon Him, and it takes my focus off myself, off my rights, off my expectations. So in the real world, a wicked heart in a marriage can be manifested in several ways. Some relatively minor, to the more serious, to downright devastating. So this being the Sandpaper Marriage Podcast, we decided to categorize it in three ways. The fine grit sandpaper, that means you just need a little bit of work to smooth out the rough edges. The medium grit sandpaper means it's going to take a little bit more elbow grease to get the results you want. And then coarse grit, which that's going to mean a lot of work, and maybe you might even need a little outside help. Yeah, Greg and I are champions for couples getting help when they need it. And believe me, most couples do need it at times. But a big lie from Satan is that you should be able to work through your difficulty because you're a Christian. Well, that's pride. We all know Proverbs tells us that pride goes before destruction. So read the word, hide it in your heart, pray, but seek godly counsel when you need it. I agree. When we talk about the wickedness of the heart, we can't say it any better than Galatians 5, where it describes the deeds of the flesh. And I'm looking in Galatians 5, verse 19 through about 21, or half of 21. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And wrapped up in all of these things, we can find all three levels that we talked about a little earlier. Because we're human, we are going to have seasons of difficulty. And I just want to suggest that husbands and wives pray together often. To be perfectly honest, we could greatly improve in that area as well. But when I'm praying for Greg and with Greg, it becomes very hard for me to develop a wicked heart against him. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect segue into what we're calling the real help portion of this podcast. So, Shell, let's start off talking about the lowest level or the, the least serious type of problems where there are just minor imperfections and you just need a fine grit sandpaper to smooth it all out. And these can be things like selfishness, inconsideration, anger, being argumentative, jealousy, and several others. Now, when your spouse is showing some of these things, Shell, what do we do? 
Number one, we pray for our spouse and we pray for ourselves. And number two, simultaneously, we're going to dig in his word. Little sidebar here. So many people don't understand what it means to dig in God's Word. So when we have something, a topic that we want to look up, or a verse, or a scripture, or even if we just know a few words to a scripture but we don't know what it is, we can utilize tools that are online. One of the tools I like to use is BibleGateway.com. You can go to that and you can just input any keywords about a topic or about a verse, and it will show you the scripture. You can also request a certain Bible version for it to show you the verse. So you can go to dig in his word. If you don't know how to do it on your own, you can use one of these online helps. Number three, it's vital to communicate to your spouse what red flag you're seeing in your relationship. Number four, This is what we're not going to do. We're not going to complain about them to others, and we're not going to, quote, unquote, put them on a prayer list. And really, the best way to handle the fine sandpaper stage is to turn that sandpaper onto yourself. And what I mean is identify the areas that your own wicked heart is not right. And as Shell said, through prayer and scripture, you seek God's help and learning to give those things up, the things of the flesh, and replace them with the fruit of the Spirit. So this brings us to that next category, needing the medium grit sandpaper. What are these potential issues, and how do we handle them? A lot of them are the same as in the uh, fine grit stage, but they're just kind of kicked up to the next level. And these are things that used to be annoyances, And now they're turning into full-blown arguments and fights. And, of course, at this stage, I'm talking about word fights, not physical. But you may even start to wonder if you made a mistake in marrying him or her. Yeah, when we were in this stage, I found myself rolling my eyes a lot. (laughs) Not for you to see. It was simply a very bad, sinful attitude developing within my ugly heart towards you. And as a sidebar, I won't get into the full details here, but I have been under regular treatment to keep my eyesight since 2013. And when it literally became physically painful to roll my eyes, that's when the Holy Spirit jerked a knot in my tail, making me aware of this habit and reprimanded me. This is when the dangerous notion of apathy can creep in. You know, experts say that the leading cause of divorce is when the couple just simply doesn't care anymore. And if you are there, that is a desperate and dangerous place to be. You must guard your heart. Exactly. And so again, just like we said in the previous category, we're going to, number one, pray for our spouse as well as ourselves. We're going to simultaneously dig into his word We're going to communicate to our spouse what red flags we are seeing. And number four, we're still not going to complain about our spouse to others. And we're not going to put them on the prayer list. But we are going to seek outside help. This can be a trusted and confidential lay counselor, a counsel-trained minister, or even a professional counselor. You remember... Years ago, we did a study called 11 Reasons Families Succeed. Remember that? I do. 
And there was a chapter in there called Successful Families Know When They Need Help and They Get It. And actually, we did just exactly that. We went to professional Christian counseling twice in our 30 years of marriage. The first time was early on, and we were just in a bad place. And truthfully, we were probably heading for divorce, weren't we? Yeah, and we did it for a year Every week for a year. <laughs> yeah. <and I, laughs> because we had those course issues to deal with. Right. And I think you were probably at the apathy stage then. I definitely was. But through some godly Christian counseling, we were able to overcome it and get past it. And then the second time was many years later. And it was a situation where some issues with a family member was translating into arguments with us. We took it to Christian counselor. And through that process, we learned that it was really some unmet expectations on my part that were causing the frustration and then leading to the arguments. And once we were able to identify that, God helped us to overcome it and we got past it. So when we're saying that you might need to get outside help, um, we're not just, you know, blowing smoke here. We, We really mean it and we understand it. We've been there and we know the importance of it. And you know, some people think there's a stigma about going to a counselor, a marriage counselor, and they think it's a sign of weakness. But in truth, it's a sign of strength. Definitely. And it also reveals that you place a high value and a priority that you're choosing to honor God through your marriage. He specializes in bringing new life and new hope to a dead and ugly, life-draining relationship. We know this firsthand, don't we, Greg? For sure. Okay, I just want to interject here that it is vital to be counseled by a spirit-led believer. So many people want to go be counseled by someone that's in their insurance policy that's covered so that it can be paid for, but most of those people are not spirit-led believers, and they're going to counsel you the way the world counsels you. So... We've covered the need for fine grit issues. Then we moved into the need for the medium grit issues. How are we going to handle the beyond uncomfortable, definitely messy stage, or the potentially dangerous place of desperately needing the coarse grit sandpaper? And these would be things like constant fighting, infidelity, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, or even physical abuse, separation, extreme anger, addictions, suicidal thoughts, or mental illness. And listen, this isn't a comprehensive list, okay? If your specific issue was not listed there, but you know it's in the serious category, that's okay. I think we all understand when things get into that coarse grit stage. Now, the question is, what should our friends do if they're in that most serious stage, Shell? Most importantly, if you feel unsafe, you probably are unsafe. Get yourself to a safe place. This could be a man or a woman feeling unsafe. So you familiarize yourself with local resources, churches, especially those with counseling or outreach ministries, crisis hotlines. There's several of those. In our town, we have suicide prevention Uh, domestic abuse, child abuse, and we have the Christian legal aid as resources. Then we have emergency mental health services, shelter services, 
And hey, if you're listening and you're kind of checking out here because you just cannot identify with what we're saying, this is for you too. You know why? I'm going to tell you. Because you may never be able to imagine living in this foreign reality. But, and this is a strong statement, I guarantee you are sitting amongst people in your church that are living in this reality that you know nothing about. Some are even in leadership in your place of worship. Some might even be your pastor. So, this message is relevant to every person listening. And I just want to say at this point, if you are unsafe, and like Shell said, if you feel unsafe, then consider yourself unsafe. Don't hesitate to involve the law. I know that sounds extreme, but it's there to protect you. So you need to get safe. Protect your children, and then seek the help that uh, Michelle was talking about. And so, Shell, what do you think about those that maybe they're not in a problem where they're fearing for their safety or their life, but yet they're they're still experiencing coarse grit problems? Well, just to recap, we covered it in the fine grit and the medium grit. We're going to pray for our spouse as well as ourselves. We're going to simultaneously dig into his word We're going to communicate to our spouse the red flags that we're seeing. We're not going to complain about them to others. We're not going to quote, unquote, put them on a prayer list. But it is critical now that we will involve outside Christian counsel. If you're here at this place, it is a desperate place. But our God specializes in taking desperation and moving that hopelessness into victory and a new beginning. Well, that wraps up this episode, my friends. We really hope that this has been helpful to somebody out there, but if it's not exactly where you are, but you know somebody that might benefit from this, please pass this episode along to them. Share it with them so maybe it could help them. And also, if you would like to leave us a five-star review, That also helps the podcast get in front of more people, especially since it's a brand new podcast. That would really be beneficial. And we're going to have our podcast email listed in the show notes so that you can contact us with any comments, questions, suggestions, or even if you just don't know where else to turn, if there's any way we can help you, we'll do our best because you're not alone in this. We're sitting right beside you.